Stephen, Darren, and the Top 5 Things Podcast. This is a review of what we got done on our morning show. You can hear it live weekday mornings, 5.30 until 10. I'm Dave. He's Darren. Hey, Darren. Hi. If you had to guess, I looked this up last night because I was curious, and I didn't, I didn't know. So if you don't know, or if you're not close, don't beat yourself up. Okay. How many podcasts would you say we've uh, posted since we've started doing this? Uh, in total. In total? All, all these years. Let's see. Um, I would say 2,000. Oh, wow. It feels like 2,000, but it's actually 1,300, and uh, as of this one, 58. <laughs> Okay, well, we're getting there. 1358 is 1358 for those scoring at home. Although, I think... Does that count the patron podcast? Yes. It does? Yes. Okay. Yeah, patron podcast also included in that. So this is our 1,358th podcast. Will it be the best thing we've ever done? I say yes. Mm, I'm going to reserve judgment. Okay. Let's get started with... Number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Number one. Local company is in the news here. This is a story that comes to us from Boone, North Carolina, which I have to assume is not that far from Mayberry. Andy! Andy, there's a Quad City business in the news! Uh, The uh, business I'm referring to, a small tractor concern called, am I saying this right, John Deere? John Deere. John Deere. Three E's. It's like an E tacked at the end of this. Is it DeRay? John DeRay? No, that can't be right. Boone, North Carolina, law enforcement units from the Boone Police, the uh, Boone, by, North Carolina, by the way, so named after uh, Daniel Boone, Ooh. in case you're wondering. Boone Police, Watauga Sheriff's Office, and the North Carolina State Highway Patrol all involved in a chase yesterday morning involving a John Deere tractor. The chase. <laughs> I'm reading here from the Wataugan Online. Steady as she goes. The chase began in Boone during the 9 a.m. hour in the area of Highway 421 in the city limits. The tractor driver reportedly hit at least two vehicles and pushed a dumpster into a church building, according to scanner dispatches at the time. Get after it, man. The chase continued on old Highway 421, where spike strips were deployed just before he got to the food lion. (laughs) This sounds like an enchanting part of our country. Just, Just let me get to food lion. Well, you gotta put those spike strips down before he gets to the food line, Ange. <laughs> Nip it in the bud. Uh-huh. Yeah, now we're gonna put those strip spikes down before he gets to the food line. Yeah. Playing the deadly game. And I'll play it for keeps. After hitting the spike strips, the John Deere tractor driver continued across 421 intersection on an uh-huh. old 421, heading towards Parkway School. I'm heading for the bell tower, and she... <laughs> I'll be stationed on top of the food line with this high-powered rifle. <laughs> Wait for the whites of his eyes. After law enforcement shot out the back right tire 
Uh-huh. In the area of old J.W. Hampton shop, the tractor driver then turned again onto Corbett McNeil Road. Boy, it sound, this sounds like an advertisement for John Deere tractors. At that point, the driver then turned around in a yard, rammed a car, and then proceeded back onto old 421. Back on 421 again. <laughs> Looks like he's taking the side street. He then turned onto Elk Creek Road. Law enforcement noted at the time that sparks from the flat tires were causing damage to the roadway, and the tractor was still traveling in the middle of the road. The chase continued its speeds reaching 20 miles per hour down Elk Creek Road until just after 10 a.m. The tractor driver fled on foot and was apprehended, according to scanner dispatches at the time. Arrested was one Ronnie Hicks, According to Boone Police Chief Andy LeBeau. Yeah, Andy, you gotta go ahead and get him. He's a bad guy. Well, for my money, he's got all the facial characteristics of a criminal. You know, the, the narrow chin and the eyes close together and slack jaw with a prominent overbite. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and assume that he's absolutely right about all of that. Hicks jumped off the tractor and was then wielding a knife. Typically, you don't have a temporary overbite. <laughs> That's when a Boone officer utilized a taser on this knife-wielding maniac. Uh-huh. Hicks was taken into custody without injury to himself or the officers, according to police chief Andy LeBeau. So they were able to stop this guy eventually. I have some riveting video of the chase. Listen, look at him go. Yeah. I mean, not since the... Not since the Bronco chase have I been so enthralled. But this is daylight. Oh, yeah, this is 9 o'clock yesterday morning. Oh, okay. And now look at him swerve like he's going to lose him. Okay, this is this is my favorite part of this footage. I'm going to have to blow this up for you to really and, enjoy and it's, it. And it's, 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 it's not a lawnmower. It's a tractor tractor. John Deere tractor, yeah. Tractor tractor. Right. What I really want you to not pay, a new one. What I really want you to pay attention to here is yeah. this is in Boone, North Carolina, uh-huh. and what I want you to pay attention to is whoever is shooting this footage yeah. is on the side of the road, yeah. and they're enjoying a dart while they bring you the news. <laughs> Check out the smoke that's clearly coming from the cameraman's mouth. Ready? Uh-huh. And let it go. Exhale. <laughs> And he did. He did try to. And he's really a little swerve move he, as he, the he, cops are behind he thought, him. Maybe that'll throw him. Yeah, he does a swerve to like three inches to the right and four inches uh-huh. to the left. Somehow thinking he's going to grand theft auto his way out of this, or grand theft or was he tractor, just, or was he just trying to miss a puddle? <laughs> oh, puddle there. Yeah, no reason to. I don't want to. No reason to get the tractor all dirty. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. That's fun. That's how I want to spend my morning. Chasing down a tractor? Or watching it. Just enjoying a heater on the side of the road? Just watching. (laughs) Just watching it go on. According to you, the Lord made two sexes, men and blabbermouth. (laughs) Uh, Here comes another tractor. Looks like the cops are going after him. I'm going to get some footage here. Make me famous. Andy LeBeau, it sounds like you're mixing up your sitcoms. It does, right? 
It's like I fell asleep during Andy Griffith and woke up during Hogan's Heroes. W- woke up in a <laughs> POW camp. I suppose you are not capable of gossiping. Oh, oh, I guess we're capable, all right. But somehow or another, it just don't come as natural to us as it does to you. Ooh, easy, Ange. Oh, Ange, you can't say things like that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And you can't call women blabbermouths no more. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations to the, the the folks at John Deere who make a quality tractor that is capable of. Uh, yeah. Take, I mean, a, this thing took a licking and kept on oh, taking. It, it, it's been around a while. That's <laughs> that's a quality tractor. Yeah, this is not a they, new model. No, they, this they, that's that's not a twenty two. No, 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 that's getting your money's worth there. <laughs> Two. Two. Tell me if you think this is a good idea. Scientists have learned how to control lightning with lasers. Lasers shot from a Swiss mountain successfully diverted lightning bolts. To where? (laughs) Well, there's the question. Aye, there's the rub. Uh Uh-huh. For the first time in history, scientists have used lasers to harness lightning bolts and then guide them into new trajectories. This is a breakthrough that they think could lead to enhanced protection from lightning strikes. The idea of diverting lightning with lasers... To over here? I'm walking here! Sounds like something Dr. Evil would have come up with. Uh, This is something they've been trying for decades. But the newly reported experiment, which took place on Switzerland's Santis Mountain... In the summer of 2021, is the first to finally demonstrate this process in the field. So they did this a year and a half ago. We're just now learning about it. Laser lightning fights. Boy, (laughs) you got to be quick. The odds of getting struck by lightning are very low, but the consequences of these freak accidents said to be catastrophic. Thousands of people have been killed by lightning strikes, and countless more have suffered permanent injuries. Lightning rods have reduced the risk of lightning-related casualties. But here's the thing about a lightning rod. They only have so much range, you know. It's like right in the immediate vicinity. Shooting laser pulses into the sky could theoretically extend a virtual shield around much larger areas. Hi, kids. I'm Lightning Rod. You know why they call me Lightning Rod, kids? Why is that, (laughs) Mr. Rod? (laughs) So it's like Missile Command. Once the lightning strikes, someone will just be sitting at a desk shooting lasers into the sky. That's my job. No big deal. Did you get hit by lightning today? You didn't. You know why? Because I'm out there shooting lasers into the lightning. You're welcome. No big deal. They, they call this the first field result that experimentally demonstrate lightning guided by lasers. This represents an important step forward in the development of laser-based lightning protection for airports, yeah. for launch pads, and for large infrastructures. So this isn't coming to the golf course, is what I'm hearing. They successfully guided four upward lightning discharges, which are bolts that strike up from the ground. Laser pulses shot into the sky over the mountain. 
High-speed cameras recorded one of these intercepts, revealing that the lasers were able to guide a lightning strike for 164 feet. Hey, kids, it's Lightning Rod. I work here at the golf course. <laughs> what what, what? Do you... <laughs> Why do they call you Lightning Rod? I got all kinds of jobs, kids. A lot of times I work out at the driving range. <laughs> They only they only pay me though when the when the weather's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the story of Roy Sullivan. Roy Who, Sullivan. Roy Sullivan was a park ranger at the Shenandoah National Park out in Virginia. And he's been hit how many times? He was hit seven times by lightning. That just still recognized in the Guinness World Records as the person struck by lightning. I mean more times than any other human being. Compared to Evil Knievel, who we talked about yesterday, who mm -hmm. broke his back seven times, mm -hmm. that was pretty intentional. I submit to you, Your Honor, that if you got hit by lightning seven times, you're also kind of asking for it. I'm not one to blame the victim, but if you get hit by lightning and you still are outside at any point in your life, that's on you. Maybe. Started working as a park ranger in Shenandoah National Park in 1936. Described as a brawny man with a broad, rugged face. He who resembled Gene Hackman. <laughs> Strange thing to say. <laughs> he was told to have been avoided by people during the later years in his life. Owning he, was, he was told to be avoided? People, people were told people to were avoid told, him? Don't go near him. Or you'll get struck by lightning, too. And this made him very sad. You would have to think that after getting hit by lightning like that... Yeah. That he... It's like, I gotta have it. Everything else pales in comparison. It just... Oh, gosh. Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing does it for me. People... Like a lightning strike. People would avoid him, and he was so lonely. He ended up dying in 1983 at the age of 71. You know what killed him? Self-inflicted gunshot to the head. Yeah, well. He just couldn't take it anymore. Can't do that seven times. First light. <laughs> no. Now that would be a record. Now you're Hey, kids. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I have successfully survived seven gunshot wounds self-inflicted to my head. First lightning strike was in April of 42. He was said to have been hiding from a thunderstorm in a fire lookout tower. Not very well. Not a great hider. Uh, the tower was newly built and had no lightning rod at the time. It was said that the tower was struck seven to eight times. Sullivan described the scene from within the tower saying that fire was jumping all over the place. He was said to then run from the burning tower just before being struck a few feet away by lightning. It burned a half-inch strip all along his right leg, hit his toe... And left a hole in his shoe. So that's April of 1942. Lightning wouldn't strike again until July of 1969. Thank you. The age of Aquarius. He was driving down a mountain road in his truck. Now, normally the metal body of a vehicle will protect you from lightning strikes, acting as a uh, Faraday cage. But lightning first hit nearby trees and was deflected into the open window of the truck. 
So like lightning's doing bank shots to get this cat. That doesn't seem fair. Remember to roll up your windows, kids. So that's July of uh, 1969. 69, uh-huh. dude! The following July, he, he was struck while in his front yard. I'm not even at the park and this is happening? The lightning hit a nearby power transformer and then jumped to his left shoulder, searing it. He's getting hit while he's off the clock. In spring of 72, Sullivan was working inside a ranger station there at the Shenandoah National Park when he was struck again. It set his hair on fire. He tried to smother the flames with his jacket. He then rushed to the restroom, but couldn't fit his head under the water tap, so he used a wet towel instead. (laughs) Roy was not a fearful man, but after that fourth lightning strike, he began to believe there was some force trying to destroy him, and he had a newly acquired fear of death. For months, whenever he was caught in a storm while driving his truck, he would pull over and lie down in the front seat until the storm passed. He also began to believe... And he's still got three more strikes coming. That's the thing. He began to believe that he would somehow attract lightning even if he stood in a crowd of people. And he would always, no matter where he would go after that fourth strike, he would always carry a big can of water with him everywhere he went in case he got struck by lightning and was on fire again. I know you think I'm being silly. I've been hit by lightning four times. I'm not going to let my hair burn again. Then in August of 1973, while he was out on patrol in the park, Sullivan saw a storm cloud forming, and Uh-oh. he drove away quickly. What's that? But the cloud seemed to be following it's him. It's following me. When he finally thought he had outrun it, he decided it was safe to leave his truck. Soon after, he was struck by a lightning bolt. This is like a cartoon. <laughs> Just... It doesn't add up. He said that he actually saw the bolt that hit him. He says the lightning moved down his left arm and left egg and knocked off his shoe. It then crossed over his right leg just below the knee. Still conscious, Sullivan crawled to his truck and poured that can of water that he carried with him at all times. Where's that damn water? Poured it over his head, which was on fire at the time. Again. So that's August 1973. This guy gets hit in 69, 42, 69, 70, 72, 73. Gets a little bit of a break in 74 and 75. But on June 5th, 1976, another lightning strike. This one hit his ankle. It was reported he saw a cloud, once again thought the cloud was following him, tried to run away, but was struck anyway. And once again, his hair caught on fire. Finally, June 25th, 1977, Sullivan struck by lightning for the seventh and final time while fishing in a freshwater pool. The lightning hit his head, set his hair on fire once again, traveled down and burned his chest and stomach. Sullivan turned to his car when something unexpected occurred. A bear approached the pond and tried to steal the trout from his fishing line. Somehow, Roy had the strength and courage to strike the bear with a tree branch, despite the fact that his hair was on fire. None of this is true. He claimed this was the 22nd time that he had hit a bear with a stick in his lifetime. (laughs) You're keeping track of that as well? Sullivan would go on to say that actually he was hit more than seven times, that he was actually hit 
1942 for the first time, but much earlier when he was a child, when he was helping his father to cut wheat in a field when a thunderbolt struck the blade of his... <laughs> without injuring him. But because he could not prove the fact later, he never really claimed it. By but, the way... Uh, but it is. The number is eight. Now, you might wonder, uh, did he ever find love? Roy Sullivan, a man who was hit by lightning seven times and survived all of them? Indeed, he was uh, married. And his wife was also struck by lightning <laughs> when a storm suddenly arrived as she was hanging out clothes in their backyard. I don't think so. Her husband was helping her hang the clothes at the time, but he escaped unharmed. Not this time. Wow. You're not getting you're not getting me this time. Go ahead and take her. Okay. All right. These ominous clouds just following this Roy Sullivan. I don't know about any of this. I, he earned the nicknames Human Lightning Conductor and the Human Lightning Rod and is recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the person struck by lightning more times than any other human being. You know Guinness does their homework on yeah, these things. I know. It does seem unlikely of, that a lot of detail. <laughs> you just just very hard to. The last one with the head on fire and then fighting a bear for the twenty second time. Yeah, that's that's when things start to fall apart for me in terms of credibility. But but it's a long journey to get there. Wow. Well. If we had lasers that we could shoot at lightning, maybe Roy wouldn't have had to go through all of this. Number three. 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 I have a story here of a man who went for a walk with his wife. Uh, this was over lunch. They decided, let's go for a, a walk out in the country. Uh, this couple, childhood sweethearts that had been married for 34 years. Yeah. Uh, this is over in West Yorkshire in, in England. Childhood sweethearts, married for 34 years, home for lunch, and they decide, let's, let's go for a walk. They followed a public footpath up a steep hill, but were unaware that several dozen cows with calves were at the top of the slope. How would you know? Right. Going to go out and get some fresh air. Uh, he's dead, and his wife's going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of her we life. Got, we got cow rushed. Trampled by a herd of cows during a lunchtime walk. And this all happened during lockdown. This, this, this is being uh, brought in the news because they're trying to figure out what exactly happened. But when everybody was home, yeah. because of, this happened back in 2020, when everything was locked down... These two decide, let's go get some fresh air. Let's get out of the house. Where's the beef? Oh. The beef <laughs> is on my chest. No. The beef is sitting on my head. Oh, no. Don't kid yourself, Jimmy. If a cow ever got the chance, he'd eat you and everyone you care about. McClure, I was a grade-A moron to ever question eating meat. <laughs> yes, you were, Jimmy. Yes, you were. <laughs> Trampled by a herd of oh cows over God. lunch. This is really happening. The couple were unaware that there were those cows at the top of the slope. Uh, there is footage being shown at an inquest over there 
from a nearby property that shows the cows approaching Michael Holmes, who was 57 years old, and his wife, and they approached them from behind at a rapid pace. Wait a minute. He sustained fatal chest injuries and was pronounced dead at the scene. She ended up sending, spending six months in the hospital after suffering a spinal cord injury and fractured ribs. She says, by the way, she has absolutely no memory of it. She woke up in the hospital weeks later, quote, I was just really confused. I couldn't work out why I was in the hospital and why my daughters had to explain that they'd lost their dad. Cowabunga, dude. (laughs) No. And yet, if you were evil Knievel, this is the sort of thing that would happen to you six more times. But evil Knievel's asking for it. These two are just going out for a walk. They had been in this field scores of times, and they were aware that sometimes there would be cattle there. Uh, She says there were times when we'd see them and we decided not to go in a field because I didn't want to cross a field I know that had cattle in it. I don't want to do it. The couple were also walking their daughter's two dogs, both on fixed leashes, but the dogs managed to escape. Hey, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks for for barking and (laughs) scaring the cows off. You're just going to take off. All right. Yeah. This is this is not great. Um, she says they would not have entered the field if there had been a sign that said that the cattle had calves. They shouldn't be on a public footpath, and they are likely to charge. Yeah, I guess when they have babies, cows go crazy. Yeah. So the, they're just doing. The, the cows are just trying to protect their their offspring. Two other walkers told this hearing that's being held over there that they too had been chased by cows in the same field less than four months before Mr. Holmes was killed. This guy, John Burgess, said he suffered four broken ribs and a quite severe bruising after he was attacked, also in 2020. He said he didn't realize the cattle were there because it was really foggy out. Well, it's pretty difficult to argue with uh, uh, why cows would want to kill any of us. It's... (laughs) You're you're on you're a hashtag team cow on this one. Well, it's just it's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not suggesting that the cows had any sort of male intent other than the protective urge that's in all uh, mammals with children. I, I I get it. But you're just going for a walk, just trying to get out of the house, and then the next thing you know, yeah. like that, it's over. Any beef that they have with us is pretty <laughs> legitimate. <laughs> Number four. 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 Tell me more about these Iowa zombies. Ankeny, Iowa, the staff at a funeral home was surprised when a woman who was believed to be dead turned out to be only mostly dead and actually quite alive. Can you imagine that happening on your first day there at the uh, mortuary? I don't think I can't do this. I don't think I'd be thrilled if it happened and I'd worked there for 20 years. But yeah, your first day would be rough. Does this happen a lot? The Ankeny Fire Department called to the Ankeny Funeral Home and Crematory on West 1st Street back on January 3rd at 8.30 in the morning. Fire Department said first responders were initially called for a cardiac arrest incident. The crew determined the patient was not in cardiac arrest and they began to treat the patient before they were taken to a hospital. Ankeny Fire Department not commenting about this incident but KCCI-TV 
obtained scanner audio that gives a little bit more detail about what happened at this Ankeny funeral home. This is Channel 8 in Des Moines, KCCI. Uh, they have, again, the scanner audio. Because they're not, they're not really saying exactly what happened. Transported their deceased, and she is not. That is the call put into dispatch by a first responder from a funeral home in Ankeny. KCCI first learned about this story through an anonymous tip. Our newsroom has been working for days to piece this together. And only on KCCI, Bo Bowman is live in Ankeny tonight at the funeral home where there was a call for help for a woman who was thought to be dead, Bo, but wasn't. Well, James, the call from a first responder to dispatch came from this Ankeny funeral home. I spoke with the manager. He wasn't able to comment. We got a statement from the funeral home's parent company, but neither of them denied that it happened. Um, just so you know, this female was transported there deceased, and she is not. They are in the chapel, and she is on a cot. That was the call from an Ankeny first responder. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. <laughs> they said she's deceased. She's not. She's in the chapel and she's on a cot. <laughs> Buster Rhyme. Just before 8.30 in the morning on January 3rd, telling dispatch a woman who was believed to be dead and brought to the Ankeny funeral home and crematory was actually alive. The Ankeny Fire Department was the responding agency and sent KCCI this statement. The initial dispatch information was for a cardiac arrest. Ankeny Fire Department personnel arrived within three minutes and began a patient assessment. The crew determined that the patient was not in cardiac arrest and began treating the patient per standing protocols. Friday, we followed up with the fire department and asked if the woman was taken to the funeral home dead and later found to be alive. Their deputy chief was not able to confirm or deny. KCCI did receive a statement from the funeral home's parent company saying, quote, Out of respect for the privacy and confidentiality of the families we are honored to serve, we are not in a position to comment further on this matter. Don't you think, uh, in, in uh, respect for the families that you're honored to serve, you should point out that it's not your practice to uh, bury dead, uh, live people? Typically, that's our policy, yes. I mean, I understand. I mean, that needs to really be a hard, fast rule. Rule number one. Out of respect for the privacy and confidentiality of the families we were honored to serve, we don't need to know this woman's name, just... Is this true that you had someone you thought was dead that was alive at your funeral home? And crematorium. It appears so. End quote. We also received several tips from viewers explaining which specific care center this woman was transported from. I spoke with their manager today in a statement to KCCI. She says they don't have any comments on this story and they could not confirm any information due to HIPAA laws. We still don't know the current condition. The only one talking is the dead woman. Did you catch that? The only <laughs> one that has anything to say is a dead person. No, no I can't talk. No more questions. Wow. Can't confirm or deny this. I don't know what to tell you. You know, privacy uh, considerations. Wow. I just, um, wow. Hopefully this woman's feeling better. Or she's actually dead. Either way, uh, 
th- this weird Schrodinger's cat situation where she's I'm both not, at the same time is weird. I'm not paying for this. <laughs> Well, we are willing to prorate it. I mean, so when you passed away at a nursery home. Nursing home. Okay. What did I say? Nursery home? Nursery home. That's not a thing. Well, it could be. When you pass away at a nursing home. Nursery home. What an idiot. When you pass away at a nursing home, they have to then call someone to come and get you. You would think. The authorities, yes. So they make the determination that you've expired at the nursing home. And then appropriate steps are taken. Like it seems like there's a couple different ways this woman was let down. The home, the people that did, does the funeral home come and pick you up? I imagine that's probably what happens, right? Well, yeah, and I would imagine that you, what do you have uh, some sort of coroner or somebody signing off saying, "Yes, this person has is deceased." Does a coroner get involved in every single death in the county though? Or are they only for when there's questions about what happened? Well, some sort of authority would have to do it. Okay, there has, so there has to be like a reason. Or, but, if, but if you're like super old and in a nursing home, do they just say, okay, natural causes? Like they, they would know at that kind of facility, you would think, uh, when someone is, oh, I don't know, dead or alive. Can't really talk about this, uh, you know, out of, out of respect for the privacy of our uh, of people that we're honored to serve. And by the way, not very well winter, in this case. Winter rules, don't you know? Five. 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 Number five. When you're trying to fall asleep, do you have any routines that you do? Is there anything unusual about how you fall asleep, or do you just get tired and, and go to go to sleep? Do you have, is there anything you do to like kind of self-soothe to put you in the mood to pass out? Sometimes I'll pretend I'm riding in a car. And that works for you. Yeah. I'll be like, uh, oh, let's just get comfortable. Because if you're in a car, uh-huh. you're like, how comfortable can you really get to sleep? You know? <laughs> it's true. But if, because you're laying, say you're even laying in the back seat of the car. Yeah, right. You're trying to get as comfortable as you possibly could if you're going to sleep in the back seat of a car. Yeah. I pretend I'm in the back seat of a car. And it's like, but I'm actually in a bed. So it's like, <laughs> look how comfortable the back seat of this car is. Look how fortunate you are it, no, to have found this spot. I think falling asleep in the back of a car, that's something that you tend to do a lot more when you're a younger person. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the... If you did it now. <laughs> well, yeah, please. <laughs> I'm begging you, if you're driving to work right now, don't fall asleep. But yeah, to be in the back seat of the car and then, you know, you get to where you're going and your parents say, uh, you know, put your shoes on, we're at grandma's house. Uh, that's, I think... It's soothing back there because, well, first of all, we were allowed to lay down in the back seat of the car, right? We weren't yeah. strapped into into seats, and there's something about the all the the noise that a car makes, yeah. all the yeah. whooshing and whirring, and maybe you've got the window open a little bit. You get put that. your shoes on. You know, Grandma'll take them. <laughs> she's she's notorious for stealing shoes. <laughs> Few people realize that. Uh, if, Everyone's grandmother is Imelda Marcos. If you don't, if you don't put your shoes on, she'll be out in. She'll be out here, looking through the car, <laughs> stealing those damn shoes. And once she gets them, I, we can't get them back. No, I'm not buying you new shoes. No, you don't get them back once Grandma's got your shoes. Why does she hoard children's shoes? Anybody's shoes. It doesn't matter. 
So yeah, you kick your shoes off in the back seat to get yourself comfortable. You lay down. And then there's that thing too when, when you're a kid and you're falling asleep and then you wake up and it's like your face is kind of stuck to the vinyl seats. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of drool has come out of your mouth. Get that imprint on your face. I have a buddy who cannot, cannot go to sleep unless he's got a fan running yep, no, I and on him. I have, Yep, I have a friend that does the same thing to the point where if he travels, mm-hmm. he, he travels with a fan. Same thing with my buddy. He's got a little fan in the suitcase, and he's got to turn it on, and it, the, the, like the wind has to be going over him. It's not only the noise, yep. it's the sensation of yep. the moving air, and without it, he can't sleep. It's like he's choking some people use white noise machines. It's like this is how you wake up when you're a little kid yeah. in the backseat of a car. Right. That's it, all right. <laughs> That's the picture. <laughs> Where are we at? What's going what on? Are we, uh, what what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I don't need a fan. No, no. Well, this is the one of the issues that you have when you start to introduce things like that is that you find you can't fall asleep without it, right? I don't know how this fan thing started with my buddy. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure with your buddy as well. Was it something that they found themselves in a situation where they well, felt sleep better with a fan on? and then it, Well, I think it originated with the fact that he got hot. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, the, uh, the, the noise of the fan gets incorporated. And then that's it. You can't, can't do it without it. That's it. And there's no biological need for for noise in order to go to sleep. This is just a, it's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes something where it's habitual, and you find you can't sleep without it. I know that there are people that use white noise. Uh, often people will go to sleep yeah, with uh, different the machines. They even have machines for that. They do, although those machines have kind of falling out of favor because you can get an app on your phone. Oh, sure. And then your phone will make that noise, yeah, right? Although... Then you're chewing up your phone. Well, there is that. And then, yeah, then the alarm doesn't go off in the morning because you're <laughs> listening to the ocean all night. You needed the ocean noise to fall asleep because you were freaking out you weren't going to wake up in time. And, and you didn't wake up in time because you drained your battery listening to the ocean. I need Billy Ocean to sing me to sleep. Now, that's not the worst idea. I, that might be something I try out tonight. Falling asleep to the tunes. No, not the tunes. I need the actual Billy Ocean. He's got to be in there in he, the room? He needs to be sitting in the room. Can't stand the thought of you with somebody else. Keep going, Billy, until I fall asleep. Yeah, keep an eye on me. The whole night. I just want you singing a cappella. Just your presence in the room is so calming, Mr. Yeah, you don't have to sing. I just want you sitting there. I don't know that it would kill him to sing. I just, just, wa- uh, just do. I just want to hear Lover Boy though on a constant loop. No, Could just, you do that no, for me? No, be quiet. Shut up, Billy. But just stay, stay, stay. Just be on guard. If you have an iPhone, now I'm, I, I know that um, on the Alexa you can you can do it where you can say okay play. Uh, you know, the noise of the ocean or a babbling brook. But then mm-hmm. they'll try and sell you. They'll play something that's like a couple minutes long, and they'll say, hey, if you'd like to buy this so that it runs for eight hours, give us more money. And I'm not doing that. 
there is on an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, there is a white noise feature already on the phone. It comes stock with the phone. You don't have to pay mm. for any extra apps. Okay. This is uh, an iPhone. Where do you find that? On your iPhone, you go to Settings, Accessibility, Audio Visual, and then there's a button that says Background Sounds. Mm-hmm. iPhone offers six different soothing sounds that can help you fall asleep, including the noises of the ocean, falling rain, or a stream that, uh, you know, like a babbling brook. You can also create a shortcut by going to Accessibility, Accessibility Shortcut, and then Background Sounds. And then if you hit your home button three times, it'll either activate or deactivate the feature. You can just listen to, uh, you know, soothing sounds of the ocean to fall asleep. Okay. Of course, the the sound of the ocean is one thing, but like coming out of your phone, I don't know that it really does it justice, you know? Maybe you need a Bluetooth speaker or something like that to make it really feel like you're getting enveloped by the sound of the tides. Well, you don't want it to be too believable. (laughs) Because? I'm lost at sea. (laughs) I can't sleep. (laughs) I can't see land. Water, water everywhere. Not a drop for me to drink. If I fall asleep, I'll perish. We were taking the bomb, Chief. <laughs> Atomic bomb. USS Indianapolis, Chief. Yeah, I don't think the idea is that you want to give yourself anxiety. No. I think that these things are designed to soothe you. What I'm telling you is if you have an iPhone, you have a white it's noise already machine. There. And it's built in, and uh, there you go. It's already there. It's been there. As long as you have a, an iPhone that is no older than a 6S... And the iOS 15 or newer, you should be able to activate this if you're looking for something to fall asleep to. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Yeah, as I suspected, not the best one we've ever done, but honestly, I think on the whole, pretty damn solid. That was Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things podcast. Thanks for downloading it. It wasn't an embarrassment. No. No, I'm not embarrassed by any of these. Although, uh, I did blush. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, and leaving a review. Until we get a chance to do it for you again next time, hang loose, Coops. You stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. That's it. The game's over, okay? The game's over. Let the new games begin. Bye, have a great time. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.